Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. My name is Jason Peters, and I am here with you for another patented five-minute review. I got five on it. Today's film is Babylon, released in 2022. Google describes this as follows. Decadence, depravity, and outrageous excess lead to the rise and fall of several ambitious dreamers in 1920s Hollywood as the industry begins to transition from silent pictures to the world of sound films. That's right, talkies, the dreaded talkies. Now, let me tell you the first few lines of that description, decadence, depravity, and outrageous excess. This film has so much of that, like so much more than I was expecting, especially from Damien Chazelle, because I mean, with Whiplash, La La Land, and First Man, you know, neither of those were really... Uh, lavicious and, you know, had all sorts of, like, uh, sex and drugs and wild parties. But, like, this movie is absolutely the Great Gatsby on, like, all the cocaine. This is, like, Great Gatsby by way of Freddie Mercury when he was, like, really into partying. You know the days we're talking about. You know, you know with the little people and the trays of cocaine on his head at his, at his royal-themed birthday party. Like, that status. That, that's even probably tame compared to what happens in this movie. The first half hour is this insanely over-the-top, just the most ridiculous party that you've ever been to or ever wanted to go to and so over the top. And again, just it's this heightened, exaggerated version of like 1930s Hollywood. And it really just doesn't let up. It comes at you a mile a minute and say what you will about it. The film is never boring. That's for sure. We spend our time with pretty much three main characters of which the protagonist is I think it's going to be fair to say that's Margot Robbie's character. She's a young upstart starlet from New Jersey. One of these characters where before she even has a role, she's like, I'm a star, baby. You got to recognize shows up on set, demands roles, you know, flirts with everybody, uses her, you know, prowess and sexuality to sort of get ahead and get roles and, and make other people look bad. And so she's very unabashed in trying to become a Hollywood starlet at whatever means necessary. We also have the Brad Pitt character, and he's kind of one of these sort of like aging actors, and he's playing the guy who was like a huge mega star in the silent films, but then for whatever reason, it didn't transfer over into talkies. And this is very much something that happened to a lot of actors at the time, and typically it was because they either didn't have the acting chops which is the case with Brad Pitt's character here, or because they actually had terrible voices that nobody liked listening to. Now, on top of the two of them, we also get a Mexican character, and he is sort of one of these characters who's a bit of a lonely grunt at the beginning. He's just trying to get on set. He loves movies. He's passionate about it. You know, he's he'll be the animal wrangler. He, he literally opens the movie by getting shit on by a giant elephant, and that is not a metaphor. And <laughs> they show that. And that brings up another funny thing too uh, getting away from his character for a second which is in terms of like what this movie is what's the dna I, I was really surprised to find that it was actually a comedy it was very much a comedy and even when it wasn't ha ha funny it was still fun it was boisterous it was loud and you know it's not trying to make any sort of statement other than that there were a number of people that were very comfortable 
with the old silent movie approach. And then when sound came in, for as much as it revolutionized the industry and for as much as we may romanticize it, the film does a good job of letting us know that this was a very difficult transition for a lot of these people. There's a sequence about an hour in where they shoot their first talkie and oh my goodness like it just it makes your heart wrench especially if you've ever worked on a set just imagining what that must have been like and having to work through this brand new technology and they're also showing you right before that the insanity that is shooting a silent movie they're on a ranch and I think they're shooting like a dozen movies at once you know just these one location so there's a set here that they're doing and then six feet next to that there's another set there's sets behind those sets with other filmmakers that are shooting films literally behind them and it's very easy to forget that you know they were able to crank films out like that back in the day getting back to our mexican character he is named manuel torres and he basically spends the entire time coming up right he starts like i said at the bottom and then he eventually is going to make his way to where he can actually you know make some moves uh, within the industry i won't spoil anything for you there and then we've got brad pitt's aging character jack conrad who again he's starting out on top and then we're going to see him sort of decline and then we've got of course margot robbie's character nelly Leroy, and that's one of the things that i love about this movie too is like the character names so damien chazelle loves movies that much is apparent and specifically he loves 1930s Hollywood and that much is apparent as well so you know we see that in a lot of you know what he did with La La Land and apparently his very first film that he did everything on including shooting writing co-editing everything on it a little independent film that is largely a sort of his take on musicals it seems like it was a precursor to La La Land the title eludes me right now But this is definitely within his wheelhouse, and it really shows. Again, you know, when you're watching a film, you can really tell whether or not the person that is making the film is into what they're doing. And again, Chazelle's love for everything Hollywood and everything movie just shines through every frame of this film. I I would say this film is a movie by film lovers, for film lovers, about film lovers. And I'll even say this at the end because it won't spoil anything, but the film literally ends with a montage of scenes from early Hollywood all the way through to Avatar. And again, it's just wrapping up this sort of idea that this entire movie, for whatever it's about with regards to its characters' challenges and themes and all of this, it's a movie about movies and about the evolution of cinema. And I do love at the end where it does a particularly spectacular job of reinforcing the juxtaposition between the sort of devastation that people who were filming silent films felt when they had to move into sound because it was it was such a different production versus the absolute joy that sound brought to so many people you know in the, in terms of audiences sitting there in the theater and watching and listening and and what it did for the medium as a whole being able to advance it so there's a lot of layers going on here that Chazelle is willing to look at and look this movie is 3 hours and 9 minutes right and I'll tell you I wasn't bored for a single second not a single moment this film could have been another 30 minutes long and I probably still would have been in it was fantastic doesn't let up to have such a breakneck pace and keep that up for 189 minutes spectacular job. I really do feel like Chazelle brought his A-game. He wrote and directed this, and he really just bangs everything out of the park, knocks everything out of the park. Let's go ahead and mix metaphors. Why not while we're here? 
I do think that Brad Pitt was fine. He was good as the character. He definitely looks the part, right? He'll always look like that aging movie star. So he is perfectly cast in that. But I do feel like maybe the characterization wasn't as great as he's been elsewhere. And, you know, Margot Robbie, I I love her to death. She's a great actress. I I just think she's a goddess of an actress. She's wonderful. She's magnificent. She's gorgeous. She's talented. She's sexy. She's confident. In this case, she's like a wild sort of child out there. So she's very free-spirited, high energy. So she's everything that you want in a leading lady. And she just absolutely crushes in this film and carries a ton of energy with it. And then Diego Calva, who plays Manny, he does a great job. It's a little bit more understated of a role, but he also gets to play a lot more range. You know, he has some very serious emotions and some serious responses specifically towards Nelly, as well as just, you know, loving film and allowing us, the audience, to see through his eyes and remember how much film is appreciated just by all of the characters in this film and by extension through the filmmakers and through us as the audience. I will say if there is a criticism, it's just that like it is pretty much a comedy in terms of it really doesn't hit hard with any sort of dramatic notes. You know, if there was if they had maybe find a way to imbue just a little bit more drama, I think this would be an absolutely perfect film as it is. It's a hugely, hugely entertaining film, but I do think that holds it back just a skosh from being that almost perfect film. Three adjectives for you. High energy, reverent. And debaucherous. Let's let's even throw gleefully debaucherous on that. This is a gleefully debaucherous film. If I could describe it in any way, it would be those two words. Out of five stars, I am going to go ahead and give this four and three quarters. So just about almost as high a recommendation as I can give. Like I said, do check out the website, esotericacinema.com, where we have a lot of great content for you. You can see what's coming up for season four. In the meantime, we will keep bringing you the hits right here on the old podcast at... Esoterica Cinema. Enjoy the movies.